Hi everyone, um, Brother Lucas, back to you again, and um, I'm coming to you with um, uh, a bit of a podcast today about um, the influence of um, Moors on European society, and uh, the I'm going to talk to you about the Zayab, um, meaning blackbird, um, the blackbird um, Abu. Hassan Ali Abid uh, Nafar and um, the influence that he had upon the Moors and upon um, European society with the many uh, innovations and many uh, things that uh, Western civilization um, didn't really understand um, or could fathom the weight that his um influence would yield hundreds and hundreds of years later um diving into it um blackbird um zayab as he was um affectionately nicknamed uh was um kind of um, was um born into um like iran you know probably like uh around um circa 1789 ce um a, a ethiopian slave freed um he was uh known for his uh many innovations and um stunning singing voice i'll I'll get back to like the um influences that uh you can um garner um from black music black society from the weight of this uh breath of life that this um individual left upon us um he gave many um innovations to um hygienic practices that we use today such as uh bathing, shaving, toothpaste, perfumes, fragrant oils and um deodorants. Um if you got a beard and you put oil in your beard, uh thank him. Uh you know, if you putting that crest on, thank him. If you used a little um fragrant powdered shaving cream this morning to shave, thank him. Um you know, many innovations uh, that the Moors um, like um, dropped on society that came from the European country countries, and I'm, I'm sorry, not European, the Ethiopian countries, um, namely the area of Timbuktu that was taught to uh, Romans, Greeks, and um, all other influences that is pretty much lost to history because um, it's not really um, really taught. And it's not really um told uh that uh as uh to black people that uh the power of our innovation our entertainment and our um fashion has transcended since we came upon the scene um not to mention like we gave things like astrology um uh, algebra you know uh, trigonometry irrigation uh the three course meal uh, language, paper making, agriculture. Um, if you ever seen somebody play a guitar, you know, uh, kind of came from um this, um, the spyglass, <laughs> like uh, that people used, and stuff like that. Um, even um sailing, and stuff like that. You gotta like when you want to think about um maritime and um uh, maritime uh, transport and travel. Look at Africa, the many strong ocean currents 
from Africa could push you from the uh, West North Africa into uh, Ireland could push you uh, from the uh, Northwest coast to the Eastern shores of America, of South America um, could push you uh, with the Southern things. So currents to uh, Australia, um, Asia, uh, could push you to the um, eastern courses and the um, strong uh, currents of the mighty Nile to uh, Arabic-speaking areas and stuff like that. So when you think about uh, maritime transport and the first sailors, you, you have to think to Africa. Uh, a wooden ship on a strong current would need no sail most of the time because the drift uh, would take it to um, land masses uh all around Africa, if you think about it. Um, so diving back in, um, Zayab, um, he was a he was a man before his time, to say the least. A master musician, uh, his musical talents it uh, thrust him in um, popularity in the region. Uh, he uh, he. Like instrumental ability was like on par with that of a Alicia Keys or somebody like that because he could play the guitar, the lute, um, and his uh voice was said to be amazing. Um, his contributions to like uh Europe uh led him to be like a respective leader that uh people look to and other Africans look to, and um, you know, Muslims look to, and thus. If you use all the combine all these confluences of people and look at these confluences of people, um, you have uh, basically what equates to be the the Moorish Empire and. Um, uh, the contributions uh, to language in the Spanish culture and um, various other cultures stem from uh, a lot from this um, gentleman's um, breath upon this planet Um the European diet even was changed uh, with introductions of, of hard wheat, sugar, orange, lemon, peach, apricot, figs, sugarcane, dates, ginger, pomegranates, uh, saffron, which is the, probably one of the most expensive spices known to man, uh, and rice uh, all stem from um, his teachings, his innovations and stuff like that. Um, he founded like um, many musical schools, schools on fashions. And um, clothes became uh, more than just uh, modest coverings uh, um, to him. And he used clothes as a form of uh, adornment. Um, he was uh, he was so unique that he would change his clothes according to the seasons and weather. Something that many people didn't do. And if you're wearing a short set right now, thank him. Uh, you know, if you're... Um, Wearing that cool, like cool, like fabric, breathable fabric, or sleeping on it. Thank him. Um, you know, uh, during like times when um, the population was largely illiterate, uh, he introduced like uh, things like unpaved, like uh, paving the streets. Um, you know, and um, hydraulic engineering. And um, the advancements from that greatly came from the Moors. Uh, paved roads, street lighting, running water, uh, which they had in Egypt and uh, other places. 
um, all stem from this uh, society of people uh, and their teachings, which they just basically dispersed into all areas of the world. If you think of alcohol, chemistry, alkaline, ciphers, checkmate, and cipher checkmates, I'm sorry about that, influenza, um, even uh, influenza knowledge and influenza um, treatment uh, came from these people. Uh, typhoons, use of uh, citrus and vitamin C, um, you know, a lot of these things came um, from these people and um, lasted very long times. Um, to say that um, in the realm of many schools of thought that we equate to be Caucasian and European in nature actually came from the Moors, like astronomy. Um, by the, the spyglass coming from them, you you would could definitely attribute that the first people to really look at stars and constellations, the way the earth moved and stuff was them. And then they carried these teachings wherever they went. That's why when you see like the, you know, the Aztec loan count, the Aztec calendar and all this stuff. And you look at some of the things from the past, like monuments uh, and statues with African features in various portions of the world. Uh, it had to be attributed to none other than the teachings that these uh, people left uh, upon these um, cultures, which made them look and be revered as um, gods, uh, worshipped even. Um, they, um, they transferred like many, um, knowledges and, um, many techniques of, um, high functioning society to the world. Um, and it, it goes largely unknown and it goes largely accredited to them. And which I think is a, a shame in history because here's the thing that, uh, I believe that black society can garner from the Moors that still are reflective in what they did to what we do now. Look at hip hop culture. Hip hop culture is not only in America, you can go to Asia and they might be listening to early hip hop, but they're getting that experience that, you know, that, that, uh, fluid movement for it that we we we've gotten from it and stuff like that but they use it in a more positive way they use it in a more inspirational way and even to go dark a little bit uh if you listen to um old school hip-hop how it talks about rebelling and um fighting uh the sort of big uh powers of the them the man and whatnot uh a lot of um early like uh early eighties aggressive hip hop kind of helped shape the attitudes of young Arabic people, uh, to defy Western society and stuff. Uh, and, and, um, want to be present in their stake in, in the world too, which kind of led to like uh, schools of thought and, um, you know, um, terrorist organizations today, they even use hip hop, and stuff to uh, hip hop influence to kind of recruit. Um, it's crazy when you uh, boil back down um, history and look at like the unspoken people in history that you can like, garner a sense that um, 
when the, there was a time when the school of teachings, school of knowledge came from the bosom of Africa. Um, you know, like uh, universities, hospitals. I think the first university and first major school is uh, came from the fabled and mythical, um, said at times, Timbuktu, um, where, you know, Romans, um, Greeks, and Spanish, Italian walks of life would come to learn of art, would come to learn of uh, astronomy, would come to learn of, uh, you know, agriculture and uh, various teachings. And some of this is um, documented, you know, like uh, the many cuneiform scripts and um, Sumerian writings uh, are a portion to like things uh, where these people came from an area and came from um, where the um, paths of knowledge crossed and stuff um, are still seen today. Uh, Code Hammurabi, um, which uh, inspired basic law and stuff like that. Um, you know, uh, the play, um, the play is basically just uh, spoken words or um, limericks or, you know, sonnets applied to just general uh, presentation and uh, in the past if you look at uh, how slaves told stories and storytelling that bled right into uh, sermons of uh, first uh, the first black ministers of ministry in that time and to um, rap in general if you listen to rap in general it's basically a sermon and that preacher if you put him to a beat he's giving you a rap but he's um, using the context and um the substance and base of um, the Bible instead of the like the street and um, the social economic um, um, growth and, um, you know, language of growing up in those areas of or when uh, drug academics hit, um, how it affected your community and the average everyday person translated to uh, storytelling in a form of music. Uh, so the Blackbird's uh, breath in music is still upon us. Um, a lot of his stuff is still upon us and still uh, ever reaching to grow and blend still into society. Um, to say the least, uh, we, we have to tip our hats to this gentleman because if it was not for this gentleman, um, you know, we wouldn't have a lot of these, these thought, like these, these things that like in the past was considered taboo in the past was considered risky in the past was considered, uh, you know, um, outlandish eccentric, but they worked. Um, so, you know, uh, uh, to dive more into it, I, I will just tell you that, um, if you wrote on a piece of paper today, if you, um, you know, went to a spa, you know, or well-stocked library or a mosque, you know, or, you know, enjoyed a museum, uh, these, uh, this culture, um, was the culture that seeded that. Um, if you're like a fashion conscious person, a person that breathes like, the, you know, like, um, their breath of life into, uh, uh, clothing, beauty, um, and, uh, 
and music, you can um, learn something from this culture. And uh, that is this. Uh, in black society, we have businesses and stuff, but we try to cater to our own people when really the successful black businesses have no color lines whatsoever um, in who they market to, who they sell to and their products. Um, think of if L'Oreal only said, oh, we're only going to sell to black white people. Um, think of L'Oreal if they said they were only going to sell to black people. Uh, their business would not be as successful. Think of a musician that just said, I want to stay in my niche for my people and not try to venture outwards. Uh, Jay-Z uh, was a regular hip hop artist until he started like using his ear and using his uh, this eclectic um, knowledge of things that he hear and try to attribute them in the music. Kanye West in general is just this in all forms. He's like a Zayeb of his time. Uh, although sometimes eccentrically outlandish and stuff like that due to, uh, his, uh, uh, bipolar, um, nature. But, um, if you really listen to him, sometimes you have to, um, kind of listen to him with a grain of salt and even search out some of the things he says. Um, like what he said, um, recently about, um, Sojourner Truth is kind of true and false. Uh, if you think about it, um, when slaves were free, they were freed, but they weren't free. They still were under a hand of a fair master in some way or form because it wasn't like they had the equality that we have today immediately. And it didn't get there until after Martin Luther King came around and stressed that it was fundamentally predestined and fundamentally uh, needed to be championed by our, our country because our country was so built upon the work of uh, black Americans that we should have a narrative. We should have a voice. We should have an equal stake in, in life. Like uh, the great abolitionist uh, Frederick Douglass uh, you know, he was a freed slave, but like he didn't think that his work was over just because he was free. He didn't think that his actions were just until all blacks enjoyed the same freedoms and liberty that he did. Um, and many slave freed slaves um, thought of this as well. Um, like many freed slaves is not known uh, brought slaves brought plantations when they got the means. Um, they held businesses, they voted and stuff, but um, it wasn't really known because in the North, you know, they encouraged this. Some supporters encouraged it, but in the North, some people still didn't like it, still didn't believe they had a voice or a say. So they were still under the hand of a yet another slaver, although this slaver was more, you know, quiet to the fact that they were suffering, uh, which I think is just as harmful, if not worse. But um, you, in, in this, you can you can kind of equate that um, as fumbling and mixed as his, uh, you know, retorts are. Kanye was kind of 
hitting on this, but I think sometimes his um, bipolar disorder and um, just general excitement and talking and in um, garnering of attention might uh, dilute his message. And what he was basically saying to me, which I could be reading into this, is that, yes, we were free, but she just freed us into another fight for freedom. But in that freedom, we had a lot more reach. We had a lot more platform to go back and then say, I'm going to grab my people. I'm going to uh, lead my people to this promised land so we could uh, all enjoy this fruit together until like this promise is given um, to every border, to every corner of our country. Um, how can we use this today? Like say you're a beautician. Um, think like those Moors did. Those Moors did not sell to just black people or just Moorish people. They sought to give their goods and services to every walk of life for profit. Um, think of it in fashion, you know, like you're, if you're branding T-shirts and stuff with hip hop monikers and stuff like that. Think of some of the monikers that just reach beyond black society. Think of some of the um, themes and notions that reach and surpass color um, in the entertainment world. Think of. Think of that, of how like uh, we went from, you know, singing, um, you know, follow the drinking gourd, you know, which is kind of very Moorish if you think about it, because they're singing about the Big Dipper and following the North Star to freedom in a basic cipher checkmate um, that was code that like. We move at night under the um, gaze of darkness to follow the North Star to get to the promised land. Uh, if you want to delve more into the the, the, the great writings like this uh, and music, uh, look no further to um, we, the, the song of uh, the Christmas song that you sang um, about the three kings. We three kings of Oregon's Ark have um traveled so far following distant star, you know, that same premise is like a basic cipher code was saying that like, uh, they were, um, following the path to Bethlehem. They were following the teachings of Christ to a higher promise. Um, so those notions are still surviving in the spirit of black society in the spirit of mankind. And I think that greatly today we should always remember and give homage to these um, people for the contributions that they gave to society. And yes, it should be put in every, every textbook that teaches history because this is history. This is how, blended society works when we learn from each other and we all try to reach to a better way of living and life. Um, so in closing, I would like to say that, um, thank the blackbird. Thank 
more society for a lot of things that we have that you might equate to white society. Thank the Blackbird for a lot of things that we have that resonate in black society. And remember that black people have contributed forever to the tapestry of unity and equality in this world. Or thus they would have kept the teachings for themselves and one of the greatest superpowers in this world would be Africa. And to note that African Americans and Africans in general are unpious and unbiased in their gifts and contributions to society. Look at Africa itself. Africa could be one of the richest countries if it was a standalone country in the world because a lot of the resources and stuff that we so use today come from Africa, from the cobalt that runs your touchscreen phone, from the copper, from the gold, from the natural gas, from the oils, from all the various things that come out of Africa that are resourced by China. Russia, Australia, Europe, out of that one country, if they charge the fee for it and if they lock down their borders and say we are all one unified country of many states of Africa, uh, Africa could very well be the richest country in the world. Um, and that's not conjecture. That's not a myth or you know, xenophobic in nature, it's truth. It's it's truth that um, Africa has influenced society, not only from Egypt, Egyptian society influencing um, the world. Uh, it's uh, um, Ethiopian um, and South African and various um, pockets of Africa that have uh, contributed to the overall narrative of the world, just like African-Americans contribute to the overall narrative, richness and culture of America. Um, so um, if you really want to learn more about this, uh, swarmi.org, you can hit that up. I'll spell it for you. It's S-W-A-R-I-M-I.org. Um, go there and read about it. Go there and read about uh Zayab and, um, you know, comment about it. Hit me up. Tell me, um, if you think it's bull, if you think it's bull, tell me you think it's bull. Like everybody's entitled to their opinion, but, uh, history is told by the victors. And thus, when you print a history book, if you omit some history, you make one culture seem more victorious than the other. Um, in truth, if we equated all influential history in a history book uh, history would be a very dense culture um, um, core course and um, um, education to learn but um, I, I charge you as a human being and as a person to try to go beyond um, what your history books teach you um, go beyond that and 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 look at society uh, when we talk, when people talk about black on black crime, um, think about this, um, you know, black on black crime is always mentioned that, oh, we're killing our, off our own, we're hurting our own, but there's white on white crime too. There's red on red crime. There's, um, 
Asian on Asian crime all over the world, but it doesn't get the light of that because the victors are telling the story. Um, in general, I, I do believe that one day we should aspire to be a culture uh, of humanity that doesn't use color to um, describe our fellow brothers. Um, we should just say our brother. Um, and that attributes uh, pretty much to just still the Cain and Abel fight that lives in all societies that like uh, my brother seems to have a bit of promise, but I want my promise too. And sometimes people will maim, lie, cheat, murder um, to have their narrative over speak another narrative instead of living in harmony and giving to that narrative as well. Um, so as always, if you want to comment conjecture, you know, talk with me on some of these things or want me to delve deeper, um, hit me up at uh, legion of Lucas at gmail.com. And as always peace and one love. Um, thank you for listening. Have a good evening.